Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So if, if it's not a yearly tradition to watch the Charlie Brown Christmas, it probably should be. Um, what we just saw has been called the greatest two minutes in television history. And uh, it really is amazing. It's even amazing beyond the fact that, that Linus is sharing the good news of the birth of Jesus from Luke chapter 2. But th there's an interesting, even before that, we see something interesting. We, we see that Linus is listening. He's listening. And Charlie Brown really reveals a deep hurt. He makes this statement. He says, everything I do turns into disaster. And then he, thinking about all the commercialism and all the busyness and all the rush of Christmas, he says, does anyone really know what Christmas is all about? But I want to focus on that first thing that he said for a moment. When he said, everything I touch turns to disaster. Anybody ever feel that way? Anybody ever feel that way? Friends, I want you to know that, that when we feel that way, and especially at this moment right now, that our God is here right now, not silent but with words of life to let you know that you are valued, that you are loved, that you are needed, that He embraces you, that He calls you, that He welcomes you, and that He's listening. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And Linus lovingly responds to this cry. He walks over to center stage. He politely asks the lighting director to dim the lights and pull up the spotlight. And then he proceeds to, to speak from Luke chapter 2, 8 through 14. And what I love is he's got it memorized, man. He's got this in his heart. You know, he didn't go up there with a script. He, he knows this story. And he proceeds to share. He tells of Jesus. The birth of Jesus. He tells that Jesus was sent for all. That through Jesus, all could be saved. He talks about the supernatural appearing of angels. 
And he says that the angel said to the shepherds, fear not. And this is, this is what I really love the most. And if you know me, you know I love this the most. As far as I can tell, this is the only time in Peanuts history that we see Linus drop his security blanket when he says, fear not. Fear not. And he drops his blanket and he proceeds to tell the story. And then when he's done, he picks it back up. He finds security in it. It's warm and blue. I get it. Another item for the shopping list, for Christmas list, for those that... I'll preach it next year with, with a security blanket, if you know. Fear not. I, I've used that phrase the last two weeks. Fear not. And that phrase means don't run away. And guys, the Lord is still speaking that message to you and I today. Don't run away. Don't run away. Run to me. Our God is good. And his love is more genuine than anything that we have reference to on this earth. And, and I think we all have those people that have just been big time lovers of our heart, but not like Jesus. Oh, to have such opportunistic boldness. To seize a, mom a moment like that with such profound love and confidence. Luke 2, verses 11 through 12 says this, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. You guys, Jesus didn't arrive on this earth a fully equipped, fully strengthened, fully grown man. He arrived on this earth as a baby. He was born unto us. He wasn't just beamed down. He was born here. Born of woman and born of God. And he grew. And he grew in strength. And he grew in relationship. It says that he was born unto us. He was born for us in obedience to the Father. I'm going to shift gears for a moment. Are you familiar with the phrase, the Romans road to salvation? Have you guys heard that phrase before? The Romans road to salvation. It refers to seven verses in, in the book of Romans. And I think there's different variations, but for the most part, what I understand is, and what I grew up with, seven verses in the book of Romans that kind of spells out how you can be saved and, and kind of steps along that path. Romans 3.10. And, and we're going to fly by the verses behind me. And I'm just going to, fly, I'm going to fly by here. Romans 3.10 says that no one is righteous. Romans 3.23, we all are sinners. Romans 5.8, God loves us and Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 5.12, death entered the world through Adam's sin. Romans 6.23, the earned wages of sin is death. The free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Romans 10.9 Declare that Jesus is Lord and believe that He rose from the grave. And Romans 10.13 Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Saved. What a, what a clear, unique, unmistakable word. Saved. Death was all around me. 
And surely I would have died too, but you rescued me. You lifted me from death. I was in the midst of such pain and such suffering. And, and you, you just were there. And you lifted me from it. You saved me. I was in chains and I was being tortured by an enemy who hates me. And you liberated me. You set me free. You saved me. That definition I gave, that's the Greek word sozo that means saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's that word sozo and it means saved, healed, delivered. And friends, that is the work of Jesus Christ and that is the completed work of Jesus Christ. But do you guys know what the name Jesus means? The name Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. The Lord is salvation. When we talk about Jesus, He is our salvation. That is why He was sent to the earth. That's what Linus proclaimed so beautifully. If you've got your Bibles with you or your digital Bibles, um, just open up to Matthew chapter 1. I'm preaching out of the ESV, the English Standard Version. Um, before I get to that passage in Matthew 1, you know, the, the Lord has many traits and roles and names that He has referred to all throughout the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. And when they speak of those things, it speaks of, of the roles, of the character, of, of who Jesus is, who God is. We see seven names in the Old Testament. It says that He is provider. He is healer. He is the Lord, our banner, our peace. He is our way and my shepherd. He is our righteousness. And it says the Lord is an ever-present light, the ever-present light. I want to read Matthew chapter 1. Verse 22, it says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. In Matthew, Jesus is called Emmanuel, God with us. 400 years before the birth of Jesus that Isaiah prophesied about who Jesus would be, about what he would do. And it uses several names, and, and we just read one, Emmanuel. Before it appeared in, in Matthew, we see it in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And the Lord gives us this sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And then in chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, and his name shall be called Mighty God. His name, Everlasting Father. His name, Prince of Peace. When it talks about these names of the Lord, it's not like he's got like, you know, just a, a bunch of different names. You know, these aren't his personal names. These reflect who, his, who he is. His character, his role, the bigness of our God. 
This is what he can't help but be. This is what he can't help but do. You know, we at Christmas time we hear the word Emmanuel used probably more often than any other time in the year. God with us. God with us. God born unto us. See, when we talk about God, we're not talking about a God that's up there, you know, in the heavens, up there beyond space, up there really far away, someplace that a rocket can't get to, somewhere unimaginable, a distance unimaginable. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about God with us. We're talking about Jesus born unto us. A God who's present. A God who's loving. God is with us because of Jesus. So, when we talk about communication, there's there's three things that are absolutely vital to have clear and effective and easily received communication. And you got to have all three. If you really want easily received, clearly communicated communication, then you've, you've got to have these three aspects in order. And that's message, timing, and delivery. Message, timing, and delivery. You know, my message, you know, could could be a good message. But if I say it with a passive-aggressive, uh, you know, slant, or if I say it with sarcasm, or if I yell it, the message is not received. And it can be the most wonderful of messages. It could be, Jesus loves you, but if I'm like, Jesus loves you! The message didn't change, right? That delivery was horrible. If I say, God loves me, it's beautiful. But if I say, oh, God loves me, Message, timing, and delivery. We look at Jesus. He's the one who set this in order for us. We look at our God, and and God's timing is always right. We don't always like God's timing, and it's most often not our timing, but the timing of God is always perfect. His message is referred to as truth that we can take to the bank. And His delivery perfectly personified in the person of Jesus Christ. So tell me what's what's best of these examples I'm about to give. Tell me which of these communications would be most clear and effective and fully and easily received. Is it for me to stand up here and tell you that you aren't righteous? Or would it be to be sitting beside Jesus so fully consumed by the fact that that He is love and that He is God and then immediately you're just aware. Oh Lord, I'm not righteous. I need you. I need a Savior. 
What's better for me to tell you that you are a sinner and that you are lost? Or even if I say it nicer, that you are a sinner and you are lost. Or to be in the presence of God where that now you realize I'm a sinner and He is holy and He is good and I need a Savior. What's best for me to tell you that God loves you and that Jesus died for you or for you to just be tangibly aware that the love of God is not some hyperbole spoken at church, but I I feel loved. I feel His presence when I walk in this place and when I walk into their home and I'm with that person, I feel the love of God and I know it's real. And I'm aware that He loves me. See, presence... It's the most powerful thing. The presence of God is the most powerful thing. And when I talk about God with us, friends, we get to live our lives in the tangible presence of God. And it's mighty. And it's powerful. You see, God's not done speaking to us. He's not done delivering messages to us. And His timing. Honestly, guys, His timing is any time that we will listen. Any time that we will make room in the busyness of our lives. That's His timing. And His delivery, His love, His delivery is love. It is always love. And I know that sounds hard to believe because even the the best among us, our delivery is not always love. His delivery is always love. In case you guys haven't caught on yet, what I just presented to you, those several options, were the beginning of the same Romans road to salvation. I love being in the Word of God. I love Scripture. The Bible tells us that it never returns void, that it always brings, uh, it always brings about harvest and fruit and results and grows us. But friends, we, we have got to be aware that, that our God is a living God and He's here with us. Jesus was born unto us so that He could be God with us. I, I think that, that's, that there's two overwhelming actions that have to follow when we grab a hold of that truth number one we got to receive it we have got to receive it God is with us his love is here it is available his salvation his grace his forgiveness his healing his power his life life abundance for those who will who will believe who will call upon the name of Jesus as Savior, who will walk with Him, who will follow Him. So that first action we receive. 
But then the next action, we've got to share. We've got to share. I'm looking around this room and, and, and I'm telling you, I'm looking around and I'm seeing generous people. And so generous people, I'm talking to you that when we are aware of God's love to the extent that we are, we've got to share. We've got to let other people know. We look at Linus. And I love the fact that even before he shared the good news of Jesus, he was listening to his friend who was sharing some pretty deep stuff. I'm I'm really not trying to preach peanuts, but it works. It fits. We got to share. You know, after Linus shared, and I want to point out that he was having a conversation with Charlie Brown and then all of a sudden, when he, when he went center stage, everyone was listening to him. Friends, people are looking at our lives and they're listening and we've got to declare that our God is good and that He is love and that there's life to be found in believing in Him. And then when he was done, he walked back to Charlie Brown. He walked back to his friend and said, that's what, that's what it's all about, Chuck. That's what Christmas is all about. God isn't up in some distant place away from us. He is here with us now. He'll be with us when we go to bed. He'll be with with us when we wake up. He'll be with us while we're sleeping. This message of, of hope and love that we embrace and that we proclaim, it's, it's available to you if you don't know Jesus. And, and I really don't think it's, it's complicated. It's very relational. It's not about a prayer you repeat. It's about a, a place in your heart that acknowledges my goodness isn't enough. My good works aren't enough. Not... not to be worthy of the work of Jesus Christ. And that's what it means when we say, I'm a sinner. And it's that point of saying, I need a Savior. I need my sins. I want my sins. I desperately want my sins washed away from me. I want shame broken off my life. I want heaviness broken off my life. I want no tethering to sin and the results. I want no connection to the enemy and those shadows of death. That last line of that song. I don't want them. Jesus, would you come and bring light? I believe in you. I trust in you. And so I surrender to you. I say, I make you Lord of my life. Jesus, everyone who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Jesus, Jesus, my present God, my Redeemer, Save me now. If you don't know Jesus, just do what I just did. Hopefully, even as I was saying it, something was stirring within you. Agreement. Whether you're like, yes, that's what I want. Just say yes to Him now. It's not about about church. It's about Jesus. It's not about religion. It's about Jesus. 